It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. One person is dead and another four are missing and presumed lost after their charter fishing vessel sank in rough seas near Sitka on Sunday. An extensive air and sea search turned up no sign of the missing individuals. The Coast Guard suspended operations on Monday evening. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. On the evening of May 28th, Kingfisher Charters notified the Coast Guard that one of its boats was overdue with five people on board. The boat had last been seen near Cape Edgecombe. Coast Guard Public Affairs Officer Ian Gray says an air crew found it on Sunday evening, partially submerged near Low Island, about 10 miles southwest of Sitka. We discovered a half-submerged vessel at around 6.03 p.m. Sunday night, conducted a search efforts to find the five individuals that were missing. We located one in the water, an older adult male who was not wearing a personal flotation device, um, and he was deceased. The Coast Guard continued their search throughout the next day for the remaining four people who were missing from the boat. With a helicopter crew, a plane from Kodiak, the fast response cutter Douglas Denman, the Sitka Fire Department's emergency response vessel, and several Good Samaritan vessels on the scene. Over 20 hours, they scoured a wide area, over 820 square miles. Gray says the search was called off around 9.30 on Monday evening. It's an unfortunate outcome as of right now. You know, to, to, to suspend a case is always a hard uh, decision to make, you know, at the very top with Admiral Moore. Um, but after searching over 20 hours, uh, you know, those decisions were made ultimately. And it's, it's, it's uh, our hearts to go out to the, to the families of the victims and the missing. Names of the victims have not been released to the public. An investigation into the accident is ongoing, but Grace says so far it doesn't look like the vessel ran aground. The initial divers that dove on the boat to examine the vessel uh, didn't, it didn't indicate that the vessel struck anything. There wasn't a, a big hole in the hull of the vessel that indicated that they struck anything to make it sink. After the search was called off, local marine salvage company Hansen Maritime took over salvage efforts and was working to remove the boat from the water on Tuesday afternoon. The loss of five people aboard the charter vessel is the worst maritime tragedy in the area since a chartered float plane went down en route from Sitka to Warm Springs Bay in September 2004. No sign of the plane, its pilot, or its four passengers has ever been found. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The loss of a charter fishing boat on Sunday came during the middle of the first weekend of the 68th annual Sitka Salmon Derby. The contest continued while many boats helped in the search and everyone hoped for positive news. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The extensive search effort was evident to anyone in Sitka Sound on Memorial Day Monday with both a Coast Guard C-130 search plane and an Air Station Sitka helicopter airborne for much of the day along with many Good Samaritan and official watercraft, including the fast response cutter Douglas Denman. Derby officials say that a number of participants diverted to assist with the search as the news spread, and one told KCAW that, quote, I know it was on everyone's mind as we all waited, hoping to hear that they'd been found. 
Sitka, along with much of southeast Alaska, experienced unseasonably warm temperatures and calm weather in the first half of May, but conditions had changed significantly by the holiday weekend, with strong southerly winds and temperatures dipping as low as 40 degrees. Despite the dire news and the bad weather, 94 people entered a total of 276 fish in the Sitka Derby. Caleb Gray turned in a 32-and-a-half-pound king to take the top spot on the leaderboard, Adding in his other five fish for the weekend, Gray also leads in total pounds at just under 126. In second place in both categories is Riley Bernhardt, no stranger to the leaderboard, with a 29.5-pound king and 115 total pounds for her six fish. In third place is Kenny Gray with a 28.5-pound king and just over 100 total pounds. The Sitka Salmon Derby continues over next weekend, June 3rd and 4th. All results are unofficial until the awards banquet on June 15th. Prize money in this year's derby has gone up. The winner will take home $10,000 cash and two round-trip tickets on Alaska Airlines. Second place will win $5,000 cash. And third place will receive an electric pot hauler worth almost $2,000. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Invasive green crabs are in Alaska, and they are destructive, outcompeting native species, and destroying essential eelgrass. At a workshop in Metlakatla last month, citizen scientists learned from experts how to look out for the invasive crabs in their own communities. KRBD's Regan Miller has more. Scientists and concerned Alaskans are at Tamagas Harbor. They're getting a first-hand look at the European green crab, and time is of the essence. The crabs showed up in southern southeast Alaska last summer, and more than 800 have been found since. It's like we hit the ground running coming out here. Taylor Stumpf is with the Wildlife Department of Metlakatla's tribe. He's helping people learn to identify, measure, and document the crabs. The workshop drew participants from around the region, including Ketchikan, Cake, and Prince of Wales Island. For now, Metlakatla is the only place in Alaska to document live green crabs, which are destroying vital eelgrass and habitat for abalone, clams, and dungeness crabs. But that doesn't mean they won't spread. That's why the workshop, which was organized by local, state, federal, and tribal agencies, focused on training people to identify the crabs and alert authorities before it's too late to control the spread. People aren't allowed to kill the crabs themselves, but they are encouraged to collect information and alert authorities. That's what the workshop is teaching them to do. Stump explains a few key tells for a crab that doesn't belong. They have the five spines on either side of the eyes and then the three bumps in the middle. So we've been teaching people with guides how to identify the crabs. Iwa Booth is showing people how to set and bait different kinds of traps. She's an intern with Metlakatla's wildlife department. She says the tribe has been experimenting with what works best. They usually like chum and herring fish. Um, we haven't really used cat food like they suggested. Booth says she's noticed a difference on the beach since the first crab was found last year. Eelgrass is important because it's like habitat for other clams and like juvenile fish, um, juvenile salmon. So it was kind of a worry for us when they first arrived. And I've noticed that they've gotten a lot shorter too, like the eelgrass. There's no surefire way to eradicate the crabs once they've arrived. But Janelle Winter, Metlakatla's invasive species coordinator, says the key is to just keep finding them. She says Metlakatla has always protected its resources, and that's what the town will keep doing. 
it just sharpened everybody's um, need or awareness to protect those resources, right? Like those resources were already super precious. It's, it's wanting to make sure they stay intact. Each female crab is capable of laying hundreds of eggs. In Metlakatla, green crab catching is a full day's work. Just ask Gabriel Nathan. Yeah, we've been catching uh, a lot when they were molting when they were uh, trying to hatch eggs and everything, and we caught like over probably 40 green crab with eggs still attached to them. And that slowed down a lot, so it was great. The workshop's message is also one of hope. If everyone learns to spot these crabs, maybe there's a way to protect other communities. Trey Patterson with Metlakatla's Wildlife Department says that's the goal. I think that the state or other places near us were taking it as seriously as we were. So to see something like this happening today here on the island, is, it's great to see that more people are taking this issue seriously. Patterson says everyone has a stake in stopping the crabs and that things will get even worse if the crabs keep moving north. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. A man in Ketchikan is being charged with assault and robbery after he pointed a BB gun at two tourists and demanded money on Sunday afternoon. Deputy Police Chief Eric Matson says 42-year-old Merle Sanford was the local person pointing the gun in downtown Ketchikan's historic red light district. The victims were two cruise ship passengers. They did not give up any uh, money or possessions. Matson says the initial report, which came in around 3.45 p.m., didn't call the gun a BB gun. He says that was learned later. One of the victims called the police. So one of the passengers is the one that actually walked to a different location and then called the police. Alaska's nurse shortage is widely acknowledged, but there's no consensus on a solution. A bill that aims to get nurses licensed and working faster by joining Alaska in a 40-state nurse licensure coalition is mired in pushback. Hospitals and the state's nursing board support the legislation, but nursing labor unions oppose it. As reported in the Alaska Beacon, bill sponsor Representative Mike Prax of North Pole said the long wait time for nursing licenses contributes to Alaska's shortage because it determines qualified job candidates. The Nurse Licensure Compact lets nurses have a license in their home state and practice in another compact state. Prax said that will reduce wait times and get more nurses on the floor in hospitals. Unions say the plan harms Alaska nurses by destroying their bargaining power and their ability to protect themselves on the job. Joelle Hall, the president of the Alaska Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, said the compact takes away Alaska nurses' ability to strike because they could be replaced with a workforce from out of state. Hall called the bill an overreaction and said it doesn't solve the real problem, which is that there aren't enough nurses. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. (laughs) 